Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the One Ministry Question Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Adkins, and I'm here today with Dan Eiton. Hello. And uh, Dan, I think this is the time of year where, you know, everybody is really concerned about uh, vision. And I think you got to be, first of all, listeners, I think you have to be careful when you're talking about vision. If this is, uh, if you have a new one every year, that can be a problem. If you're tying the vision for the year back into your overall vision, that's a different story. But, you know, in, uh, in your experience in ministry, Dan, is that something that y'all did like annually? Um, how did you all, how did you all approach vision? Yeah, I, I think, well, uh, we probably could do a whole podcast on definitions of mission, vision, strategy, because oh, everybody, sure. every, everybody calls something differently here. Um, at at um, the church where I was executive pastor at, we did an annual um, almost strategy of like, here's what we're going to do differently this year. How's that? This is, this is how our vision and mission is going to play into, uh, you know, the church life over the next couple of years. But um, we definitely had um, a, at least an annual time. Um, sometimes it was September. Sometimes it was January where we talked uh, about our thoughts for the upcoming months. I like that. A September time frame is really interesting. A lot of churches, you know, kind of uh, a calendar uh, around their year, really around, you know, the back to school time. Yep. So I do think that's interesting. I've never done that. It's always been in January because everybody seems to personally have a affinity for New Year's resolutions, starting fresh, thinking about the year, their new Bible plan, yep. whatever it is. And so just trying to harness that um, posture of where they are, you know, what they're already thinking, what they're ready for. I think that's kind of where I've been before. Yeah. Well, and I think for us, some of it depended on when our budget was going to be presented. We, we like to get ahead of our budget and say, here's what we're presenting and here's why we're presenting, you know, where we're going to spend our money. Cause it is tied closely to our strategies and visions, but that was, that was for us at least. Okay. So think back, what questions, what questions would you have had? What would you want me to tackle? I think, you know, one of the big questions um, out there is how do you make, you know, when you do present uh, your vision for the year, your thoughts of where you guys are going to go, how do you make it stick with your people that they actually remember and, and kind of join in on that? Well, what's uh, okay. So from a resource perspective, there's a lot of different books uh, on the subject. You know, we've talked about um, Church Unique, Will Mancini. That vision frame process is really strong. A lot of listeners probably have read Visioneering, um, which is uh, uh, really, a, it's an Andy Stanley, Andy Stanley book um, for discovering and maintaining vision and you know having that really tight. In those two models, uh, you have a very, very tight kind of vision framework and what you're doing, and it's for the long haul. In part because both of them had the same professor, which is Aubrey Malfers, who is the goat, by the way. Uh, if you don't know Aubrey Malfers, you should you should look him up now. I will say um, it's like uh, uh, it's it's going to be reading a textbook, but 
he is also absolutely amazing on anything, vision, church, organization, all that. A lot of us uh, these days owe, owe a great bit of debt um, to Malfers because he influenced somebody that's influenced you or, or maybe has influenced you yourself. Anyway, from a business book perspective, um, Chip and Dan Heath have done a lot of great work, both in a book called Made to Stick and then uh, another book that's called Power of Moments. So I love Made to Stick because it talks about really the, um, I don't know, the nuts and bolts of how do you, here's all the different little levers that you can pull to make something stick over the course of time. But Power of Moments really backs that up and talks about the moments that are created, you know, themselves. And when I look back in my life, you look back in your life, you can probably think of some really big moments. Some of mine happened around, you know, like camp and that Mm -hmm. experience or um, from a leadership experience, you know, when we launched something or there was a big, you know, a, a time where we did something together as a team that we thought, you know, we couldn't do. Um, and there's plenty of times that those, some of those things have happened. And honestly, they weren't a moment unless we're just sitting around, you know, reminiscing about the old days. I don't think about those in the same way I do some really big moments in time. The question is, why is that? And, and why do you, why are some things like these really big pivotal moments in our lives and other things that uh, were just as hard to achieve weren't? And so I love Power of Moments. Um, the book cover is beautiful because it's a, uh, and been reused about uh, 20 times now since they came <laughs> out with it. They're the first person I saw that had like, I think it's like lightning or lightning bugs in a jar, uh, blue cover, beautiful cover. Um, but really there's like four different elements of a moment. And they would say that you need two of these things to kind of overlap in order to, uh, to make a moment happen. Yeah, no, that, that's great. I mean, I, uh, I love this idea of power of moments. I mean, I do, I do remember those moments for me. One was in college, my freshman year. Um, and I, I still point back to that as a significant moment in my walk with the Lord. Um, and it, and it had a situation where, uh, you know, two or more of these kind of combined. Um, so Todd, t- talk to us a little bit about what, you know, what some of those things are that define a moment. Cool. So, so, um, there's those four elements are elevation. And that's when, you know, you do something that rises above the normal every day Um, that can be individually, but honestly, it's best when that's experienced, you know, kind of by a team. So, you know, maybe it's, um, you know, a new campus gets launched or a new church plant gets launched. And it's not just saying, Hey, Hey, yes, we need to celebrate that together. We need to, you know, elevate this experience together, but what can you do beyond the big celebration and the thank you? Yep. Well, this book would say you need to combine it with one or, you know, one or two of these other elements. The other elements are insight. Insight is where you have just an intense moment of a unique understanding, which completely rewires the way you understand something that you're really familiar with. So um, it, it really 
um, makes you look at something in a different way. You, you thought you knew this or you thought you knew this person or you thought you knew this fill in the blank. And now this gives you a completely different perspective on it. Um, next would be pride. And that is when, you know, um, you've completed some audacious goal together that goes, you know, elevating that moment of the launch as an example with pride is a good thing. Um, this is a secular book. So I think we want to be careful about applying it, um, completely, especially when we think about things like pride, because that's kind of the root of sin. Um, so we might want to avoid that one, but the, the last one there is connection. And that is, um, it's a social moment where you're kind of coming together with friends or family and you experience an important event together. And that triggers, you know, kind of a, a, a moment of connection. So it's, it's basically, okay. If we still stick with that example of celebration, what is, uh, what is something that we could do that would be over the top that would connect, you know, us together, or what are we going to do to, um, bring insight into, Hey, you know, the last 90 days up to launch, but here is, if you remember, here's why we did this and here's what we're going to do next, or, you know, whatever it is to try to, to galvanize that moment and say, how can we just take advantage of making sure that this is something that people kind of remember and is a unique thing going forward. Um, because those things are really powerful when they become moments. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, I think that's huge. I think a lot of times that as churches, we will focus on the elevation piece. We're trying to make something extraordinary. Um, but we forget to do, um, you know, probably that connection piece that's really going to make that a moment. Um, you know, I, I know that I've worked so much on making sure that a room or an event is, you know, amazing. Um, but you lose sight of some of the other things to really truly make that a moment. So I think this is a helpful reminder that it needs to be more than just great or the insight can be fantastic, but if it's not met with an elevated, uh, environment or it's not connected with, you know, a social component, it might not have the full impact uh, that yes. it would have otherwise. Or the next or the why, or, or one of these things that are here. I mean, here's the power of this. So think about, um, in your, in your church, there's somebody that was there before you, or maybe there's a group of people that were there before you and it annoys you sometimes because they refer back to this event. Um, I remember when we did X or we launched X or we, sometimes it's, you know, if they're really, uh, older and they're founders or later boomers, they're, they're really fond of building. So I remember when we opened this build, whatever it is, there, there are some moments in time that they kind of share as a community and as a group. And that annoys us because we're like, Oh, they're just thinking of the good old days or the glory days. And man, I want to, you know, just shake them. And I'm like, well, yes, but Hey guys, realize the reason why that's so ingrained is somebody back then, whether they meant to or not created a moment. Yep. And it was a very, very powerful thing. So much so that it still permeates the culture today in which you find yourself. Um, 
So from my perspective, uh, I would encourage you to try to find something good out of that um, previous moment that people have kind of captured in a jar and love to look at. Uh, (laughs) You can always find something good uh, about that uh, historical element. It, It may have been what it was originally designed to do. You may say, oh, well, I can understand how they you know, think about this because originally it was a great evangelistic tool and then it became something more based on affinity or it just got lost, you know, kind of with the times or fill in the blank. Well, you can still go back and tap into potentially the why they did it in the first place or the good element about it. um, And then use that uh, to tie into something new that you're trying to do. So don't we make the mistake sometimes of of trying to to kill that moment. Um, And man, uh, first of all, they don't die easily. Um, And second, you're much better off trying to harness that and then re um, I don't know, put a put a new coat of paint on it as you present where you're now going. And just, you know, you want to celebrate the past uh, somewhat, but we're not going to stay there. We're not going to stay there because here's how it ties. Here's, here's what they did. That was awesome. And here's how that ties to our future. Does that make sense? Yeah. You got to create a new moment for them. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode of the one ministry question podcast. Join us next time where Todd and Daniel M are going to tackle the question of who you should process difficult things with.